Hello there, and welcome to Sweet Child of Time. I'm your host, Steve Barnes, and we are recapping Dark. We're on Season 2, Episode 2, Dark Matter. And of course, our recap comes from OneOfMyStories.com, and here she is, the co-host, Lindsay Dunn. Ahoy there, Lindsay. Ahoy, Steve. Are you ready to get into some Dark Matter? <laughs> dark Matter. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. I'm happy to see Helge is in this episode. I'd missed him last time. Mm-hmm. A lot of our a lot of our favorites are back. Uh, we've got some Helge. We got some Gretchen. We've got some. Uh, yes. We've got some Egon. We got some Mikkel. We got some Ulrich. I mean, we've got we got several players that haven't really shown their grimy little faces in a while. <laughs> Glad to see him back. I want to see Helge's little face. As a matter of fact, I want to see what happens to him when he wakes up in the 1986 room as like, you know, 1953 little boy Helge. I, I still hmm. still want to see what happens from there. Uh, I hope we do later. Hmm. I doubt if it's anything good, though, because that's when he starts hanging out with Noah. <laughs> well, I mean, <laughs> shoot, are we going to see Noah, like, start shaping this, what, 11-year-old kid into being his henchman? Wow. That <laughs> sounds... This is- Interesting. It's the sub-series the sub known as the grooming. <laughs> so it sounds like we're going to skip all that? I don't know. I hope they at least address it at some point. <laughs> but um, let's see. Do you have any podcast business to start up before we uh, get going with our recap, Lindsay? Uh, I don't know. I heard a rumor that there were some positive comments, but maybe, maybe we'll get into those uh, later in the episode. There were some positive comments from our fans. Yeah, we got our legions of fans. (laughs) Our legions. (laughs) This is kind of actually weird. Um, I don't follow this listener. No, I'm sorry. I do follow this listener. Um, Mm -hmm. His name is Dylan E. I won't say his last name. Um, I do follow him. He does not follow me back. He does not follow Barnstown or you either. I don't know how he. (laughs) I don't know how he got hold of us on Instagram. Maybe he was an old Intravoid guy. But yeah, Dylan, um, first off, he wrote a nice comment on the uh, Spotify. So that always counts a lot when you give us a rating and a comment on the main you know, Spotify page. That's rad. But yeah, I'm vamping while, right here while I'm <laughs> desperately <laughs> looking for Dylan's message that he sent me because he said a nice thing about you too, Lindsay, that you must hear. Here we go. Get ready to be embarrassed, Dylan, because I'm reading what you wrote. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, first off, he mentioned me in his story and he wrote a nice comment. Um, So I just saw that go by my stories. So I said, hey, thanks so much. Glad you like it. Um, Super nice, et cetera. Um, He said, oh, wait, he responds to something I said. I I shouldn't glance over my own words like that. (laughs) It's hard for me to wait each week to watch the next episode. I want to watch it all right now. But yes, super nice shout out, Dylan. Thank you. He says, I know it's outrageously seductive. The perfect series honestly of course it's my pleasure thank you so much for producing this personally i can learn and process the intricate details of the show and every thought provoking aspect is because it truly interests me and certainly all others who delight in the show you and your co-host Lindsay, (laughs) are so knowledgeable of the show i hope wait are so knowledgeable of the show i feel so in tune with you two while listening thank you so much for this I told him that's great. And then I said, it's great for me just to be able to talk to you, Lindsay, um, that that's makes it worth it for me. 
He says, yes, indeed. From what I've understood, she's on her fourth or fifth listen. So you and I both are, you and I both defer to you. <laughs> Thank you. Good mm -hmm. evening to you, Steve. That was from Dylan E. Thank you very much, Dylan. Thank you, Dylan. Yeah, thanks for listening. Yeah, absolutely. And yeah, I think we can start getting into our recap now. I didn't have any other news besides I've been on a bunch of other podcasts, but I'll talk about that at the very end when nobody's, um, when they can just fast forward. Okay. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> I defer to you, Lindsay. So as we start the episode, it's 2053, kind of where we left off, I think, the last episode. And Jonas is trying to figure out a way to enter this blue and black pulsing blob that's mm -hmm. happening that we are calling the God particle. Sure. Because it appears to be a time portal. And he's learning this from these recordings from Claudia Tiedemann and that the particle must be stable and electrically balanced if someone is going to enter, that the generator lacks enough current and Jonas feels frustrated. So he's out of fuel and ideas. Mm -hmm. And this made me question, um, I don't know, I was like, I had questions about this that weren't really answered or discussed. It's like, when did Claudia make these recordings? And she hmm. says things like, we have managed to stabilize the guard pot God particle. Well, who is we? Um, oh, and sure. you know, it seems to create a kind of portal which possibly allows for time travel. Based on what? Um, sending objects through the stabilized matter has already proved possible. Right. What objects did you send? <laughs> and and that we aren't sure what the energy source is. So Jonas, if he really stopped to think about some of these questions, he might, you know, he might think twice about this plan, but he just hears this, like this, this possibility of time right. travel. And he seems to have, um, he seems to have this on his mind that, you know, based on this recording, he's just throwing caution to the wind and he's gonna go for it. Sure. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, that's the only chance he has other than there is no other than this is like the only shot he's got. And it's right there mm -hmm. in front of him. Um, I don't know. I think that Claudia had plenty of time because like the apocalypse, she said, happened um, June 27th, 2020. So, you know, she would have been the older Claudia, but that gives her 33 years <laughs> to like make these tapes. Um, between the time that Jonas finds them. I don't know. I understand your question. My first question when I saw this was, how does he know how to do all this stuff? Um, you know, like he's mm -hmm. super smart with all this equipment. <laughs> then I realized like it's exactly like a wastewater plant and you have like all these controls and dials and different settings and everything has to be just right. And if it's not, you have like hard copies. It's, it's, required to have like hard copies with flow charts of like how to keep it going. So, mm -hmm. you know, he can, he understands schematics basically. And so, you know, he's just basically getting all those dials just right, getting every detail perfect. I, I would be curious what they have sent through as well, but 
I still, I still would, I still would be Jonas. I still would be trying to go through. I think if I was that determined and that single-minded, I still mm-hmm. think I would be trying to, to, to lean to go forward. Yeah, I mean, of course, it's good television. If well, Jonas just, <laughs> if Jonas just decides, wait, there's too many unknowns. Um, but I guess I'm saying what we've seen so far is that people are like, oh yes, there's time travel, but they don't really understand how it works and they don't, um, and then they get stuck in the wrong time, right? Um, sure, so sure. you would think maybe at this point, you know, Jonas has already, has already got sent to the wrong time once, you know, of course. Yeah, how does now, he even know where he's going? That's right, yeah, you just walk through yeah. and just cross your fingers? I guess he's, I guess like you're saying though, he's just like, it's better than just being here. Cause right now I'm just hanging out doing nothing. Um, but it just, I guess the main thing, yes, when she says we send, we're sent objects through the stabilized matter, <laughs> that doesn't sound like they sent people. Nope, um, like, are we all. talking about a pencil? Um, <laughs> You know, and then she says, we have managed to stabilize the God, God particle. That's the other thing is it's like, who is this we? You know, who are these? You didn't really mention any other people. So how do you know the person you're listening to is trustworthy? They always say, check your sources. Um, so it's just, <laughs> I'm being super picky, but um, I like this. I still like this um, episode. I like this journey that Jonas goes on during this episode to try to make this thing work because it is it's a little more action packed than normal I think um so then it's June 22nd 1987 five days until the apocalypse and at the Conwald house Mickle wakes up in his room (laughs) and what's interesting is that well, there's many interesting things, but one of them is that Mikkel is sleeping in Jonas's room, which makes right. sense that this is the child's room. <laughs> but I said the same thing. I was like, why is Mikkel in Jonas? That's Jonas's bed. But I was like, wait a second, this is 87. So <laughs> mm-hmm. I guess it is Mikkel's bed after all. And Jonas sleeps in his daddy's bed. That's adorable. Yeah. <laughs> it sort of makes you makes a little more sense than why, you know, Jonas often has dreams about his dad when he's in this bed, you know? Mm -hmm. So it's like, this room is basically haunted with the spirit of young Mikkel. It's like, this is where he slept. Right. Last episode, when he wakes up and young Mikkel's right next to him, that could have been right here. (laughs) Yeah. And I mean, we saw a couple couple episodes in like season one, too, where he was seeing either his dad or young Mikkel in that bedroom in one way or another. So... Um, the wall has a Goonies poster and some sort of sports celebrity. Do you know who that person was? <laughs> I spent so much time Googling like <laughs> World Cup, like, you know, Germany, 1987. I came up with nothing. He's probably he's a sports star, obviously. Yeah. I don't know who, but I saw mm-hmm. the Star Command robot there at the foot of his bed. That's what caught my eye. Yes. That thing is like, yes. he and doesn't need comic to- books. Well, the comic books, too. I'm talking about the Star Command robot that, like, yes. was at the foot of his bed. He doesn't need to do anything because you can, you know, you, like, can make your voice sound like a robot and you can, like, listen to the radio and sing along in a robot voice. Just stay in your room forever, Mickle. <laughs> yeah. Well, I wondered if the sports person was a tennis person. Um, mm, because Wimbledon. Okay. 
Because he's wearing this tennis shirt. Like, it has tennis rackets and tennis balls on it. Okay. Um, I don't know if you saw that. I but didn't, no. I, and this is this is a little bit of a far stretch, but <laughs> I was thinking about how we know that Mickle was obsessed with magic, right? And Harry Houdini. Right. Now he's taking on this um, new persona, right? And it's almost like his room is not his own and that he's now, his new persona apparently likes tennis, doesn't like magic. So it's almost like his, he has this new identity of like, now I'm in sports and he, <laughs> you know, sure. I, it, it makes me wonder if Inez has, you know, the kind of influenced him to take on this tennis thing. I don't know. It was just, it was just weird that he was wearing this. It's like, he wasn't into tennis, you know, he was into magic and skeleton costumes. I'm guessing Inez is like giving him what she thinks a boy from 1987 would like. And I think she's like, Oh, that's a popular movie. The Goonies. Oh, that's a popular sports guy. That guy. So I think maybe she might've decorated his room for him and put some stuff in there. And like those clothes he's wearing, those are not like Mickle clothes. And Nez bought those dorky clothes from Kmart or whatever they shop at. He didn't choose those clothes, I don't think. Yeah, no, I definitely don't think he did. But <laughs> I'm just saying he almost seems like, it almost seems like he's being dressed like a different kid. Yeah. And so yes. like, yeah. Yeah. Um, so he goes downstairs to find Inez buttering bread. <laughs> She's making him a sandwich. She's wearing blue. Um, he tells her that today is his mom's birthday <laughs> and she reminds him that the past is the past. And now is now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about that. Um, very sad, um, very sad Mickle here. I was just sad for his outfit. <laughs> he used to be such a cool kid. Now I he's know. wearing tennis rackets. I mean, <laughs> uh, so we're now at the Tiedemann house and Claudia is with Regina. Now it looks like, you know, this is not the fancy Tiedemann house that we see in the 2019 and all that kind of stuff. This is like kind of like a, almost like a condo or a simpler mm-hmm. Moss home, but it's on the same piece of property. We find that out later. It's on the same piece of property that will become the future home. So yeah, Claudia um, makes mention of an extension being built to Bartosh last mm-hmm. episode. Yeah, so Claudia needs to arrive at the power plant early. So Egon arrives to drive Regina to school. And um, he wants to tell Claudia some news. She has no time to listen to that at the moment. Yeah, bad timing for that. I know what he's going to tell her, and that was a bad timing thing. So I'm glad he didn't say anything then. Yeah, but she never really had, yeah, she never really had time for anything anyway. She doesn't even have time to drive her (laughs) daughter to school, right? Um, He's very surprised to see the dog Mm -hmm. and mentions how much the dog looks like Gretchen and Claudia's like looking all freaked out and saying absolutely not Uh, you're crazy (laughs) 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 deflect deflect (laughs) yeah um and then Regina is looking kind of different yeah she's pulled herself together some she's hanging out with granddaddy now like grandparents love to take their kids places like 
They love to, I mean, if you ever need a ride, grandparents love doing that kind of thing. You were saying before last season that, you know, you think Egon doesn't like kids. I think he likes, he likes kids. I think he likes this kid, right? It seems like he likes Regina. Regina. Yeah, I mean, as a, he's, he's, he's calmed down a little. Well, I guess it was just a year ago he was Oh, he's retired now. That's Oric. right. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's, um, but yeah, she's wearing, she's got her hair all smooth mm-hmm. and not wearing her glasses. So, um. Her eyes are popping. <laughs> and they're getting rickrolled. Come on. You can't, yes. you, you, you weren't going to mention that? <laughs> you know, I didn't. It come that comes up in another episode too. But I oh, was okay. like, "This is they work, roll this here too." How unfortunate! I mean, it's <laughs> it's happening so much. Um, so yeah, it's it's interesting how Claudia reacts to Egon about Gretchen. So I don't know. In some ways, Claudia is almost reminding me of how Charlotte. Acts in the in the you know in the 2019 20 like she's very much wanting to understand things herself first but her her relationship with her dad isn't that great you know they're very estranged but yeah so it's not this isn't the kind of thing where she's saying like yeah I think it is the same Gretchen you know but she kind of like not only does she act like um, not share that, but she's acting like she doesn't know what he's talking about. So right. and she looks terrified that he would that he brought this up. Yeah, I think she is panicked. I don't think she expected that confrontation, and she didn't even think about the fact that he might recognize her. Maybe, you know. Mm-hmm. So I think yeah. that I think she just kind of panicked in the moment, and it's a hundred percent clear on her face. Um, <laughs> I mean, yeah, very clear. Because yeah, she could have done a much better job with that. She could have been like, yeah. I wanted to get one that reminded me of Gretchen. Case closed. Hmm. I mean, <laughs> yeah, that's a good, that'd be a good a good uh, disguise. Yeah. Um, her outfit is quite amazing. This, As usual. This hot pink and blue <laughs> with the shoulder pads. It's very eighties. And her her hair and her like um, earrings and her makeup choices just kind of top the icing on the cake. Like she, mm-hmm. yeah, she's the most 80s power plant manager that has ever existed. <laughs> so we're now at the Wyndon police station in 2020. Charlotte is looking mm. at that Sigmundus group photo and looking at the picture closely. Clausen enters the office and reminds her that they are supposed to go question suspects today, starting with Regina Tiedemann. Charlotte thinks this is kind of an odd choice since mm-hmm. she's in no way connected with any of the missing kids. But Clausen's like, hello, she is. <laughs> she's married to Alexander and everything has happened at the power plant. So makes sense to me. Um, yeah. yeah. He's putting it all together really quick. The cave, the caves, the power plant, the door, the missing people. I mean, he put it all together very quickly and mm-hmm. he was harping on the fact, like, why did um, the husband take the wife's name? Um, yeah. Nobody seems really interested in that except for him. So I guess Wyndon's a pretty progressive town at this mm-hmm. time. I think if it happened back in the 80s, it might be different. Well, I guess it did happen back in the 80s, didn't it? 
<laughs> so I don't know what to say about that. Yeah. It, oh, I almost like, I almost expected Charlotte to say, she's like, he's like, don't you think it's odd that, that Alexander took her name? And I almost expected Charlotte to say, this is Germany. <laughs> you <Right>. know, like, <laughs> Helge has dement. <laughs> it's Germany, sir. We're, we're not some American, you know, we're very progressive here. Yeah. Um, but no, she's acting pretty, pretty sus here big time too, mm -hmm. as well. Speaking of like, you know, um, Claudia doing the last scene, she's <laughs> keeping up with it right here. Yeah. I'm suspicious of her. I think that <laughs> Clausen is too, because he looks at that picture a little too long. He notices that she was hiding it. Um, mm -hmm. I think it's safe to say too, like I didn't notice this the first time in the picture. Of course, you can see Noah playing plain as day because Elizabeth pointed him out to us. But yeah, front and center of that picture is um is that dude Adam. Mm -hmm. So yep. like, you know, two recognizable characters right there immediately. So we're now at the Doppler house and Elizabeth and Francisca are on the couch watching TV, or at least Francisca is. Elizabeth is still looking at this book mm -hmm. that she found at her, her grandmother's store. And Magnus barges in, typical Magnus, just comes in, uh, fills up the space. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's a good way to put it. Tells Francisca he knows where she goes now to get her money. Actually, I think he says, I know where you went last year to get your money. So yeah. he, you know, he totally reveals the fact that I've been following you for a year now. Right. <laughs> um, he basically accuses her of cheating because he's just like, everybody cheats, everybody lies. Um, Francisca gets angry and tells Magnus that it's really none of his business, but that she's just delivering these hormone therapy pills to Benny for money. And uh, Magnus just deflates a little, but instead of apologizing, he just walks out. <laughs> yeah, another not smart move from him. Because last time, he, last episode is when he barged into to Benny's and like, you know, <laughs> and the, here he just should have been like, oh, okay. Wow. Well, let me process this. Okay. Yeah. I feel yes. a lot better about this, Fran. I mean, <laughs> it reminds you a little of his dad, right? How like Oreg uh, just walks in mm -hmm. and doesn't goes from one thing to the next and doesn't, right. doesn't use his words very well. <laughs> no, you're exactly right. Good-looking dude, too. Orca's a good-looking dude when he was younger as well. I guess you could say he's good-looking as an older guy, too, but, you know. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you're right. Father's son. But yeah. I think she also, Francisca also mentions that her dad used to get the get the pills for Benny. Right. So another another piece of the puzzle drops. Perhaps Benny was going to Peter as... You know, perhaps she met him as a, as a client. Um, I mean, no, we, we know Peter was her was her client, right? But was was Benny Peter's client as the like town um, therapist? You know, maybe she went to see him. Yeah, you're looking cynical about this. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because I have I have like I think I have the theory that figured out where not figured okay. out. 
Um, and I, yeah, you weren't supposed to comment on my facial expressions. <laughs> Let's see. Um, so yeah, when Peter was hooking up with Benny and they were, you know, that was where Peter was getting, you know, his affection or whatever. And probably mm -hmm. like during, you know, one of their sessions or like afterwards, you know, Benny was like, yeah, I'm trying to get hormone pills. Peter's like, oh, I'm a doctor. I can hook you up with that. Yeah, let's do this. Mm. And then he hooked him up. But then okay. Peter was like, nope, I can't do this anymore. Me and Charlotte are good. So, you know, we know that like he breaks up with them and like it's been like a year since they've been together. So Benny had to go somewhere else for the pills. Mm -hmm. So Fran somehow filled in the gap, probably unbeknownst to her dad for sure. Yeah. Well, you would think that he could still give the prescription though, but I don't know. Cut Maybe off, 100%. I mean, too many feelings involved, you know? Make a clean cut, <laughs> break up, you know what I mean? Yeah. Well, I that's guess, Peter for um, you, you know, that's what Peter told me anyway. I mean, I don't know what he told you. <laughs> I mean, it's not, I mean, I, yes, usually they're like, okay, we're going to now transfer your case to a different therapist, though, not like just drop you, so the only option oh. is you have to get your pills from a teenager. Oh, I'm, okay, yeah, you misunderstand. I don't think that um, Peter was Benny's therapist. Peter was Benny's client. They were having sex, they were, that was it. And then Peter was like, mm -hmm. just happened to be like, oh, I'm a doctor, so I can illegally get you some pills. Okay, okay. So how is yeah, I mean, I'm still kind of like, okay, well, how is Francisca getting them? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe she, like, took advantage of a situation that she found out about because she's super observant. Yeah. I really, I'm only speculating. Yeah. She is pretty smart. Yeah. Knows, know how to get things, so. All right. Well, anyway, Magnus just leaves. He's like, oh, well, I don't know what to say then. <laughs> Certainly not. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. God forbid. We're now at the Conwald house. Stranger Jonas comes downstairs and, and shows Hannah the time machine. Mm -hmm. um, she's looking at these old photos of the family and he says, I think I did this all wrong. Keeping secrets is the problem. So you need to see it to believe. You right. need to see dad's secret. Right. Um, it's cool that somebody's taking an interest in Hannah now. So... You know, she hadn't had a lot going on. And so whatever journey he's taken on here, here on here is good. I think that she has somebody now. Um, mm -hmm. Still no shower. He's still dirty. Um, <laughs> just wanted to point that out. And who is the she looks at a picture of the three of them there. I think they're mm -hmm. all smiling. And then the next yeah. picture is a picture of a girl like in a rainbow dress. Who was that's that? That's Jonas when he's younger. In a rainbow dress, or just like a rainbow shirt, and it's I just thought it's not a dress. It's just an outfit, and it's just like a colorful okay. outfit. But it's not. That was I, I don't think it's okay. I, I mean, I only watched it just now, but I didn't notice the dress. But that's definitely like Jonas, little Jonas in a backpack. Okay, um, by himself, yeah. right? The second picture she was looking yeah, at. Yeah, the one by himself. Okay, mystery solved. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I wonder what he meant by saying he did this all wrong that you need to see to believe. So I guess, I don't know, he wasn't, I don't know what his plan was hmm. before. I can't speak yeah. to that at all either. So we're now in 1987, Mickle is at the schoolyard. Mm -hmm. um, this is very much 
you know, a year ago he had or sort of a similar scene where he showed up and there was music playing and weird 80s kids just <laughs> hanging out doing weird stuff. It's more intimidating to him now, though. He's like, uh oh, yeah. I got to I got to mix in here. You would think it would be, you know, this is um, Inez says there's only a week before summer school starts. So you would think that maybe he's he would feel more confident because it's now been six months. You know, it's probably May. We first he's been mm -hmm. now going to school here for at least a whole semester, but he doesn't seem to be he doesn't seem to feel better any better about it. No, he doesn't, and he's bummed um, because it yeah because it's his mom's yeah. birthday. But then yeah, then in. <laughs> yeah, I love it. he runs into his mom. She's Katarina. The bully Katarina runs into him and just makes a rude comment as if it's Mikkel's fault that she ran into him. So bizarre. <laughs> what a great touch. Um, so Hannah is with her. She walks past Mikkel and Hannah seems to almost recognize him. Or she does recognize him, but she doesn't say anything. She just kind of, they just kind of stare at each other. Right. And Katerina is like, come on, Hannah, come, what are you doing? Um, so then, yeah, Mikkel ends up um, just leaving and not going to school. And it's so sad because, yes, we, we, we know that today is Katerina's birthday. Mikkel would just like to be with his mom. And then here she is. Um being mean to him it is heartbreaking this song um is great for the for how it ties into this episode it's by the human league it's called being boiled and i wrote down some of the lyrics if i may mm -hmm. just because just because the kid's an orphan is no excuse for thoughtless slaying or or bullying perhaps <laughs> don't People don't forget this kind of torture. Just because you call her mother doesn't mean that she is your better. Deep cut there. Yeah. <laughs> and it like plays right into the scene and ev every word plays right into there. I like that. Steve, I knew you'd come through for me with this song. Because I was like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, this is Human League. This is like the same band that did that song. Um, you were working as a waitress in a cocktail bar. <laughs> you know what song I'm talking about? Don't yeah. you want me? <laughs> yeah, same band. <laughs> okay. So across town at the wind and power plant, Claudia arrives to find that she has a guest in the lobby claiming that Gretchen is hers. It's older Claudia, the Claudia from the future, who greets middle-aged Claudia Hi. in her own office. And the old Claudia tells her that she remembers being in her shoes and that she needs to be convinced about the important role that she needs to play. This is the fourth time we're going to see like a character talk to like a younger version or the fourth mm -hmm. time we have seen this happen now with Claudia. It's great. And yeah. let me get the Gretchen stuff out of the way. Gretchen is so adorable walking across that big power plant floor, <laughs> paws like all pitter pattering, like healing, like right beside Claudia. And then like when they get in the room, how cute he nuzzles up with the older version of Claudia. I mean, uh, they, they got a, such a great dog to like play this, 
I mean, so good. Like, he does everything right. I mean, we talk about the great actors, and there's a great animal handler out there somewhere that helped mm-hmm. us with Gretchen. I'm happy for it. But <laughs> I, I kind of didn't. I'm just going to, you know, go on a limb and say like this, this, this proof that she offered, like look out the window and watch what the people are doing proof. I thought that was kind of silly. I don't know. Like, and then the guy like drops the pen. He's like a real pervert, like looks at (laughs) the secretary's butt. I mean, (laughs) um, I don't know, but they got to do what they got to do to, to, to prove it to the younger Claudia. So I can appreciate it, but I, I thought it was silly. (laughs) Yeah, I mean, Jonas did the same thing to Hannah. He's like, remember when um, that time that sure. you and Papa did this? And I mean, his his memories were perhaps a little bit more touching than old Claudia going, that guy's going to try to look up her skirt. Right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think she could come up with something different, like just a fact about her, um, a fact about her life, yep. you know? <laughs> Yep, that's what I was thinking too. <laughs> Remember when, um, you know, that beautiful lady came to our house and, you know, <laughs> well, Ag- meaning Agnes and stuff, yeah. Well, she kind of does do that She because she reveals here, like I speculated that the reason that Gretchen time traveled was because she ran between Helge's legs, but that's not true. Like, it, she says here that, you know, that, that when the dog ran into the cave, like the dog ran to her and then mm-hmm. she took the dog through. So yeah, that's what happened there. And it takes her a while, but she does finally say, eek ben do. <laughs> 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 when she, I was like, it yes. took her a while to get there. But when she first says, how would you know that? She says, well, because she's my dog, just like she's your dog. And I really wanted her to say right then, eek ben do, but she, you know, it takes her a while to get there. She finally says it, but that should be the line that every character says to themselves. Um, It's required. I I agree. (laughs) I expect it. (laughs) Hey, I Um, guess, did you have more for this scene? Because I was ready to get a break. If not. um, Yeah, I have nothing else for this scene. All right. I'm going to take a break. Actually, what I'm doing is a little different for this break. Usually I break to like another podcast, but I'm um, helping to promote a band this time around, Pyre Fire. So I'm going to play one of their songs right now. They're like a New Jersey, like heavy synth fuzz band. I've been a fan of them for a few years and they've just released an album. So I'm going to play the first track of it right now. It's got a lot of energy. So everybody be cautious. So here we go with Pyre Fire. We'll be right back.
You see the red circle? Mm-hmm. All righty. Then I guess we're back with Sweet Child of Time. <laughs> Before we continue with our recap, though, I want to give you, Lindsay, what we have come to call the Barnes Burner Quiz, because it sounds funny. <laughs> okay. This quiz, I have found uh, eight albums, four of which were released in June of 1987, four of which were released in June of 2022. These are all German heavy metal bands that release these albums. So is this going to be an album that young Ulrich would have listened to? Or well, I guess young Ulrich. Yeah, he's still kicking around there. Young Ulrich's still kicking around in June of 1987. You, you follow the logic of the quiz, Lindsay. Okay, so you're just giving me, you're just giving me the name of an album. And the band. And the name of the band. And I tell you if it's 1980s. 1980s or 20... 2020. 2020. Last okay. time I did this, it was... Uh, I just had to do the year 1986 and the year 2019 because I couldn't find enough German metal bands that released albums in 1986. So I guess by the time June of 87 rolls around, we have a resurgence of metal. So there's a lot <laughs> of German bands releasing stuff. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go alphabetical so you won't know yeah. who's who. Well, since I am such an expert on German heavy metal, mm-hmm. I'm expecting to um, <laughs> ace this completely. That's right. I've only heard of two of two of the bands or three of the bands out of this eight, too. So we're, we're in the same boat here. <laughs> so the first band would be Alcatraz. The album's called Born Innocent. 87 or 2020? 87. That is a 2020 album those fellas <laughs> put out. All right, next up is Anvil, Legal at Last, (laughs) which could literally, literally be either because they were a band that has been around since the 80s. So, but Anvil's album, Legal at Last. Okay, I'm going to say 87 again. It seems like it with a terrible title like that, but no, it's 2020. They released (laughs) that terrible album title. (laughs) Okay. Next up, we got Armored Saint. Punching the Sky. Okay, this one has to be 1987. Oh, Lindsay, these are the 2020 <laughs> boys again. I'm just going alphabetically. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> Let's see what comes. Okay, next up would be the band Gravestone, Creating a Monster. I'm going to say 2020. <laughs> they would be like in 1987. Okay. So that's that's gravestone for you. You've already guessed three bands. We already know three bands are 2020 bands. So most of these are going to be 87 now. That's true. That's just true. the way the the ball bounces. I should just say 87 for everything from now on. No, <clears> one <throat> of them. One of them is going to be. I anyway. understand. <laughs> Next up, high tension. Wind me up. I'll say 87. This that's time. 87. Absolutely. <laughs> okay, this next one is actually an album that. That I own and I love it. It's a band, their name is Paysage Diver. Album is called Imwald. <laughs> I'll say 87. That's a 2020 album. <laughs> I bought that album when it was released. <laughs> okay, okay. So next up then, you gotta get these. Tox, the son of Spain. 87. That's 87. And their last German metal band, Tyrant. She's a killer. It'll be 87 as well. That's going to be 87 as well. You got three points this time around, Lindsay. 
And as a bonus, I'll, I'll, I'll forward you Passage de Hair, de Ver later, <laughs> and you can jam out to it. <laughs> okay. Well, let's get back to our, to our dark recap, Lindsay. Um, we left off with, yeah, with Claudia talking to Claudia. Mm-hmm. Um, so then next thing is we get a Egon receiving a call at his home. Yes. The person informs him that his cancer has spread. And Egon takes this all in, and he seems to experience this moment of regret um as sometimes people do when they're finding out you don't have long to live he's like what do i need to finish in my life and he thinks about this case that he never solved about mads nielsen and he's looking at the police diary that reads why not forest road (laughs) and it was this question he planned to ask helge that never got answered so Egon is ready to tend to some unfinished business. That's right. Yeah, that's nice the way you piece that together. We we learned in this scene too why he was wanting to talk to Claudia because when he was like saying he had something to tell Claudia, I was like, am I supposed to know what he's telling her? I was like racking my brain. So mm-hmm. obviously, no, this is what he was going to tell her. Yeah. They, they Mandela affected us too here because it didn't say, because yes, Season one, they were talking about Forest Road. Why not Forest mm-hmm. Road? Right. But in this one, they it sit on the thing. Why not through the forest? Mm-hmm. So I was like, yeah. what are they, what are they well, trying to do the to interpretation, us here? You know, like the, I don't know, the um, translation or whatever sometimes can, yeah. can be off. Yeah. <laughs> um, but this is like, you know, Detective Egon is on the case. We saw that no matter when he was younger, when he was the 1980s Egon, he was always sounded, you know, he's interrogating everybody like, you know, Jonas, <laughs> yes. uh, Ulrich, um, Agnes. So he's just, he's like, I'm ready to solve this case, which it's like, what else can you do? You know, he's like, sure, my life is over, so I might as well. Yeah, keep, keep doing this. Claudia's not talking to me, so yeah, that's what I'm yeah. gonna do. So then we get in 2053, Jonas enters a building and uses this electrical current to get a CD player working. The CD player is loaded up with Elvis Presley's suspicious minds. You quoted that last episode, you stinker. <laughs> uh, yeah, for a completely different reason, right? Mm-hmm, it um, was. Yeah, which I, which I now cannot remember what that, but did dawn on me that as well. Oh, was um, Magnus being suspicious of Fran, is what you were saying. Yes, yes. <laughs> So apparently Jonas has become quite the electrician. I mean, he knows how to. (laughs) He is smart as hell. (laughs) He, I mean, did he, nobody went to class. So where did he get all these skills from? I guess Um, for the last six months here in the future, he's been studying up. I don't know. He learned how to hook up a generator. So hooking up a battery is nothing compared to hooking up a generator. I guess. But even so, I was impressed as well. I noticed the same thing. 
So the music alerts these militants to arrive in a truck or a, um, not a truck, a tank more. Um, mm-hmm. Or just a truck, I guess. It's looking at some kind of military vehicle. Sure. <laughs> um, <Humvee>. they're, checking, <laughs> they're checking out what is, where is this noise coming from? Uh, I guess they're not music lovers um, because they, they weren't dancing or anything. Nope. They were just, <laughs> Which is what we would have done, right? That's what we would have done immediately. Yeah. Jonas siphons gas from the truck. He knows how to do that, too. I guess mm-hmm. most young hoodlums know how to do these kinds of things. Um, <laughs> That's right. I figured it out, too, when I was younger. <laughs> <laughs> it was... I did think it was kind of interesting that, he, you know, he, he's wanting to get some gas, obviously, to power the generator um, at back at this for the God particle. Right. And it didn't seem like he got that much gas. It was like you did. You held that hose there for five seconds. But I guess, you know, well, you would think, think he, he'd want a full a full like container of gas. I but. think he did fill up that container. I'm sure he did. Oh, OK. And that's that's what two and that's a two and a half gallon container. And it's not a lot. Um, it's like a drop in the bucket for a generator, but it's enough, I guess, for him to step through. And that's all he needs. Yeah. This scene reminded me of The Walking Dead a lot. Um, the tone of it and everything about it reminded me of The Walking Dead. I thought it was good TV. I thought this mm-hmm. was a great scene, like just regardless of what you're watching. It's cool action, cool suspense. Yeah, I always, I've always, I was like, again, we don't get that many action scenes, but this is kind of suspenseful. It's like, mm-hmm. will they catch Jonas or not? And of course, you know, he's, he manages to get out of the way just in time before the guy comes around the truck. So yeah, it is very good TV. Yeah, it, it's undark, but they do it really well. I like it. So then in 1987, Alexander and Regina are cuddling in the woods on a log. (laughs) Um, Regina is wearing these yellow pumps. So cute. Um, (laughs) She's asking Alexander if he believes in ghosts and that the adults in her life seem to be haunted by ghosts and demons. And her mother never says, I love you. Alexander tells Regina that he loves her. (laughs) And this, I don't know, this scene um, just made me really happy. I was like, oh, these two are in love. And um, he was touching her wrist where she has cut herself. Mm -hmm. So he knows all of her ghosts and demons and he still is gonna be with her. And also, he was dressed in this blazer. I don't know. You know, he, he arrives in town with this hoodlum looking leather jacket, mm-hmm. jacket, but he's making an effort to look a little nicer now. He's got a job now, too, so he can afford some good clothes. Mm-hmm. Um, he, they're talking. I thought it was interesting. The She's talking about a book they're reading at school and she's saying how it's dark stuff that gets passed down from generation to generation. And I was like, oh, I think you're describing the show that you're on. Mm -hmm. Um, I think the book that they're reading is The House of Spirits, I believe. It sounds like that's what the book they're reading to me, which that's exactly what that book is about, is about like, you know, trauma being being handed down generation to generation by literal ghosts. Do we see the book? No. Because I thought I remembered a book, too, but when I was watching this scene just now, I didn't see mention of a book. Yeah, I didn't either. I was just going by her description, what she was saying. Okay. And that's what the book remi- That's what the book seemed like to me. 
<clears throat> in like the mm-hmm. way she was saying the generational part. I, um, you know, okay. She's got that, that rainbow backpack, yellow shoes were signified that she's like really bright and happy. Mm-hmm. I, I just can't help but like wonder is, is he using her to some end? Like she's the daughter of his boss. He came out of town. We don't know where he came from. He could be a time traveler. He could know crap about her. And like he saw her and was like, oh, that's Regina. That's like the the lady's daughter. You know, I better like, you know, save her from these bullies. Not to say that like, you know, the stuff he's saying doesn't isn't sincere. I just wonder like, you know, where he came from and if he is indeed like using her or. Yeah, I think I made my point. (laughs) Oh, Steve, you're so cynical. Well, I just don't know. I don't remember. So, (laughs) yeah. I guess if he was, I mean, hey, we know these two got married, so. Right, yeah, we I mean, do. Not that, not that all the marriages in, in Wyndon are happy, um, but I still think that, yeah. I mean, I think these two have sincere love for each other. I don't know. Yeah. It seems like I don't get too. that sense at all. Okay, good, because I'm just making sure. Like, he's he could be a time traveler, and, like, I'm going to manipulate this person because I know how to push their buttons, but... Yeah, I mean, I don't, I, think, I don't get that vibe either. But TV shows yeah. do weird things sometimes. Yeah, he. <laughs> I mean, I think he had definitely is running from something. Has something suspicious. Oh yeah. In his past, but when it comes to her, I think he genuinely cares for her. So. I wonder where he lives too. Like, they meet in the woods and hang out. I hope we see his. I guess he has an apartment or rents a room or something like that. I don't know. That's yeah, that's <laughs> that's a good point. I mean, we know like that one night when he was hurt, he like was probably at the Tiedemann's house mm-hmm. getting yeah, he some was. TLC from Regina. But um <laughs> now, yeah, where does he live? Does he maybe he just lives down uh with the yellow barrels and the metal door? <laughs> I hope not. That's dangerous. <laughs> just take a cot down there. So uh, in 2020, Regina is, older Regina is being questioned by Charlotte and Clausen, but mainly Clausen. Charlotte's just (laughs) there for the transportation. Um, He asks Regina what her relationship is to the Nielsens. She denies that they have any kind of relationship, Mm -hmm. but Clausen has been doing his research Somehow he knows that Ulrich came to her to hotel to confront her. I'm right. like, why would you know that? The only two he? people there were Ulrich and Regina. <laughs> exactly. I don't know. Maybe yeah. he wrote in his log book that he was going to do that, like in his police book. I don't know. I thought mm. I thought the same thing, too. Yeah. Did I don't know. Did we ever see Ulrich taking notes? Never. Um, he just ran yeah. around quickly. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, he seems to know all the facts about about like Regina and everybody. So he asked her about this, you know, why Alexander took your last name. She is very protective of Alexander, of course, and mm-hmm. says, what does that have to do with anything? Um, she does tell him about Ulrich, that he came to talk to her about the night her brother went missing and that she was the last person to see Mads. Um, And then after he kind of pushes her, she mentions that 
stranger that a stranger came to stay at her hotel a year ago and left all these creepy pictures on the wall and about the package that he asked her to mail to Jonas. And Charlotte goes through the box and is picking up all the items and um, kind of does the Charlotte dash. She tells Clausen she needs to go and that he can take a cab home. Um, so that's that's what happens at the Tiedemann house and during Regina's questioning. Yeah, were, were some of those pictures the same pictures that, I mean, Charlotte recognized the pictures, but like mm. were some of those the same pictures that she had on her wall too, I guess? Hmm, good point. I don't know. I just remembered these. I remember them mostly being like pictures I saw on Stranger Jonas's wall at the hotel. Okay. But it is possible that they're some of the same things she has, although she was mainly, I mean, as far as I saw, she was mainly keeping things like newspaper yeah, articles right. and the picture of Ulrich. And I was just wondering, you know, how we have these two time machines and um, two people. I just didn't know if like myth is like the same set of papers, you know, that are getting passed around, like the book gets passed around. Uh, just speculation. Mm -hmm. I'm still just speculating some stuff. <laughs> um, Clausen yeah. was pushy and unlikable. Um, we didn't like the, his line of questioning. And I didn't like how, like, when Charlotte left, I, I didn't like the way Charlotte left. That was pretty lame. She could have done a better job with that. But she's panicking yeah. right now. We'll we'll let her panic. But as soon as she left, he, like, shrugged his shoulders and then, like, got up and then sidled up even closer to her. Yeah. I'm like, you're like really creepy. Your, <laughs> your body language and stuff. I liked you last episode and he's being really weird this episode. <laughs> I'm feeling like the wind in people like leave us alone. Just <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It, um, it, yeah, he was kind of, yeah, Charlotte was kind of funny, too, in this episode. He was like, she's like, well, if we're, there's nothing in, more to be said. And he's like, sit down, you know, and she gets, <laughs> she gives him the look like she gave Katerina almost. Um, I, have so, to mention, but yeah. I have to mention something I noticed in this episode, like, because like they, the way that she was getting up and like the way the camera frame was, you could see like what she was wearing really well. She's like wearing those green like chino pants. We've never seen her like um, look feminine whatsoever. Every other, I was noticing that like every other female character on this show has worn a dress at some point or like looked feminine mm -hmm. in some way. And they make a point to have Charlotte like in pants and like button up blazers the whole time. Like yeah. they're kind of like um, androgenizing her for some reason. So I don't know. That's yeah. the first time I really noticed that and started thinking about it was this episode. Oh, okay. Meanwhile, we see that Stranger Jonas has brought Hannah to the cave. He turns on the time machine and he takes her through and says, you know, yep. don't be afraid or it's okay if you're afraid or something. And <laughs> Hannah doesn't really seem, she seems a little cautious, but well, she's she like, knew, yeah. She knew what was going to happen. So like, here it is. He says it's safer to travel from the cave because we were asking like, why do they travel from the cave? And. That's the yeah. explanation that he gives. Not a great one. I don't know if it means safer from prying eyes or safer because of the location mm, adjacent to the yeah. power plant. But, you know, that's a kind of reason. 
Heather was at wondering, um, Heather was saying that he should have been, I'm sorry, that she should have been kind of curious about that phone. Heather thought it was odd that, you know, Jonas has this phone and it's got a picture of Ulrich and Ulrich's family on it. And um, mm. she was like, you know, Hannah probably should have noticed that and been like, what are you doing with that picture of the Nielsen family on your phone? What's up? <laughs> Which, you know, is kind of a good point, but, you know, it's just glossed over here. I, I think that's the last place her mind is, is his screensaver. Yeah, I guess he has the he has the phone from the from Tannhaus. Yeah, Ulrich's old phone. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's like looked through Ulrich's old texts and saw like some pictures of Hannah naked. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> um, so this procedure of um, you know, of them using the time machine makes starts this noise. And in 1987, Mickle is walking in the woods and right. he senses the vibrations That's or right. hears the noise and starts running towards the cave. And he must just recognize this as like, hey, this is how it sounds or whatever. So he walks to the mouth of the cave and finds nothing at first. Then uh, Mickle looks up and sees Noah. Noah asks him um, why he isn't in school. And of course, he's creepily eating an apple. <laughs> um, Mickle gives a vague answer and remembers Noah from the hospital. And he, they talk about the fact that God, this idea about God having a plan. God wants to know if, what if God messes up? Mm -hmm. And Noah is like, Hey, you need some more faith, kid. You know, like you need to just believe, believe in me. You know, he's doing his typical um, <laughs> trust in me, <laughs> just in me. Um, yeah, this was this was just typical Noah. He's like, you are here, and um, what did he say? Like sometimes, why are you here? Uh, sometimes we don't know where we're supposed to be, yeah. and yeah. Well, that Elusive describes Mickle. Answers, yeah. <laughs> describes Mickle to a T. And if Mickle hung around this cave, this cave entrance long enough, he would see Hannah and Stranger Jonas walk out, right? Yeah, I wondered about that. I, I didn't get to finish watching, but yeah, we'll talk. We'll talk about that later. Well, they arrive at nighttime, and it's like still daytime here when he's talking to Noah. Yeah, which is why would that be? I, you got me. <laughs> if Mickle hears the noise when they're coming through. Right, right, you, right. You would think maybe, you know, you would suspect <clears throat> would they be come out of the cave? You know, if, if they're in the cave um, and it's 33 years. Maybe that's why Noah was there to play deflection because he does warn Mickle to stay away from the caves too. That's true. He's like, you shouldn't go in there. It's probably not safe. Yeah, maybe he's like, maybe he's there to deflect them and get away because he, maybe in that book it's written down that <laughs> that mm -hmm. Jonas and Hannah are getting ready to time travel because I think that's what that book is about is time travel dates. Yeah. I think it's neat that Mikkel has been thinking about their conversation at the hospital. That priest should be mm -hmm. impressed. Like, <laughs> you know, if a kid remembers a conversation y'all had, that's a success. That's a win. Yeah. 
Yeah, but then Noel also says, in addition, before he says, uh, well, you probably shouldn't go in there, he says, I like it here. It's a special place. That's true. Yeah, make up your mind, <laughs> Noah. <laughs> what is it? You're giving mixed signals here. <laughs> As usual. <laughs> okay, so then in 87, Egon goes to visit Helge. At the assisted living facility, Egon pretends it's a friendly visit, but he's also trying to interrogate Helge about Mm -hmm. why he didn't take the forest road back before. Helge freaks out and says, he said he can change everything, the future and the past. And of course, we know that that's Ulrich that said that to him. Not even the white devil could stop it. Well... That's that Noah, gets right? Egon's attention right away because yeah. we know he loves to talk about Satanism uh, and I didn't devils even think about that. <laughs> and all that stuff. Right. Okay. Um, Helge mentions the man with the rock or the stone, which confuses Egon because that happened back in 1953. Also, back then, Helge mentioned the white devil to Egon in the past as a child. So Egon's like, uh, Helge is mentioning all this stuff from 33 years ago. So maybe he's just confused. Yeah, I think that's the, cons- I think that's the consensus that he came to. I mean, we know that the white devil he's talking about is Noah, right? Because at first I was thinking the white devil would be Ulrich. But he describes Ulrich as the man with the stone, and then the next sentence he says the white devil. So that makes we me think. We do not know who the white devil is. I'm guessing Noah, because it seems. Okay. I don't. Helge doesn't have any other friends besides Ulrich, and <laughs> Ulrich's his friend, right? Ulrich and um, I haven't seen Helge hang out with anybody besides Noah, yeah. right? Well, before, but yeah, before this. Um, Helge was, before the car accident, Helge was hanging out with Noah. Yeah, that's, that's right. And we haven't seen him hang out with anybody else besides Noah. Right? He likes to give Claudia books. Um, that's right. But yeah, they have like that teacher, not teacher, tutor relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, okay. But yeah, obviously the accident is what caused him to like, you know, you see like his face is partially like... um paralyzed and he starts the TikTok thing up. <laughs> starts talking Does about his TikTok. TikTok this? Mm-hmm. Okay, I missed that. That's when um, e- that's when Egon decides to walk away is because he starts saying TikTok and doing his own thing. Okay. And he's making his little figurines yeah. with the nature. He went on a nature walk. <laughs> they let him out again. <laughs> <laughs> if, if Egon wants to hang out with Helge more, he should bring him, you know, maybe he did bring him bags mm-hmm. of supplies of like pine cones and stuff, you know? That's right. But I think he figures that, he, that he's just a dead end. Like Helge is just yeah. saying a bunch of weird stuff that I don't understand. So mm-hmm. he goes a different path. Or does he? Because <laughs> um, of what happens later. But we'll get there when we get there. So the Claudias are in the cave, are also in the cave. And older Claudia continues to explain that Adam must be stopped. Um, Cla- younger Claudia is just like, who? Who's Adam? You know, what are you, what are you talking about? Right. 
older Claudia shows younger Claudia the time machine, just like Jonas is showing Hannah the time machine. And younger Claudia is really confused, but she takes these pages from that older Claudia gives her. Now, um, Claudia also talks about the fact that in five days the apocalypse will happen, Mm -hmm. but if they do everything correctly, Regina will live. I guess that's her goal. <laughs> yeah. She's dropping an awful lot of information on, on young um, right. Claudia. Well, she gives her that grid map, so that's helpful. And she doesn't need a phone to, like, do her time machine. Like, like you know, Jonas yeah. has that phone, but she doesn't have that. She just has, like, a little vial thing. Yeah, she has the, C- the cesium or... Yeah. The... Yeah, the, the stuff that was pilfered from the barrels. Right. Yeah, I know Jonas had that too, but he needed the phone to operate it, but Claudia did not. So mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know. Just something that I, that I noticed, a difference in those time machines. Yeah. It was, it was just, this conversation was a lot to, to try to take in. I felt, you know, I was like, even as a first time viewer, you would be confusing, if confused. I'm still confused about it. Um, cause I'm like, yeah, the pages, um, you know, at first I thought this was a map of some kind, oh, it but was. then they showed yeah. it at the end of this episode. Okay. Yeah. It's, it's concluded. It, it seems like it's concluded anyway, that like she's handing her younger self, the keys to the future. Mm-hmm. And, um, I did have another point I wanted to make about this. Yeah, we learn in this episode, I think, or I think they help us piece it together better, that the cave can take you 33 years in the past, 33 years in the future. There's like three ways you can go. But Mm -hmm. then if you, you can double that with the time machine. So that is how they're getting back 33 years back even further. So I guess the little time machine thing is like another like exact 33 year thing. I suppose they're not explaining how they're like doing the um, how they're determining what time they're coming out. So I'm assuming it's always 33 years in the future or the past. So like you were saying, the God particle is kind of a big question mark because we don't know if that's going to be 33 years or how that's going to work. Mm hmm. So yeah. I, I just thought it was interesting how like it, you know, that's how we're, that's how we ended up in 1921 and from the doubling of the years. Back in 2053, Jonas enters the forbidden dead zone with his can of pilfered gas <laughs> and is immediately caught by Elizabeth and her guards. Yep. Poor guy. There's not much we can say here because they don't even say anything in the scene. Like nobody says yeah. a word. <laughs> no. That hole that Heather was very suspicious of that like giant entry hole that is really easy to get in and out of the dead zone. She was thinking mm-hmm. they should probably reinforce that a little bit. Yeah. Leave it to Heather to, to come up with the practical um, solution. <laughs> Um, so then in 2020, Charlotte calls Peter upset after seeing the pictures from the stranger's box. The drawings the stranger had on his wall were the same drawings in her grandfather's Journey Through Time book. 
and she wonders what connection her grandfather had to the missing boys and why he never told her who her parents were. Right. It's weird that she's thinking about this now, and I'm thinking it's something that she's never given herself a chance to think about by always being Mm -hmm. busy and always being like an intense police officer and always, you know, always moving just like Ulrich. Don't stop. Don't stop and think about your parents. Don't stop and think about your granddad. Just keep going. Yeah, this is a a more vulnerable Charlotte than we've seen before. Um, Back in 2053, Jonas has been strung up for hanging and Elizabeth makes a point of saying that, you know, he knew the rules and he broke them. And Jonas begins to argue, screaming that there's no paradise, no prophecy. And Elizabeth gets mad and shoots him in the leg. Then she allows him, she actually kicks the thing that's holding his legs mm-hmm. so that, um, like you a little bit more no winching happening here she just kicks it and is like right um you know loses it it was yeah this this scene there's a lot happening here she allows him to hang for a few seconds but then she does shoot him down she does not allow him to die and it was interesting to me that the girl from the future seems very moved by Jonas's plight you remember we remember the hangings from the last episode. Nobody really seemed to feel sorry for those dudes at all. They were right. not moved by their appeals, but for some reason Elizabeth lets him live, but the girl from the future is almost like unable to complete her task as well. She's sure. her voice breaks and she's upset. And so it was almost it was like very interesting to see this dynamic you're wondering what is the emotional pull Jonas has over this group yeah I was waiting to find the answer I'm I'm still waiting to find the answer to that as well because I'm wondering the same thing I'm thinking that Elizabeth um didn't really shoot him down like shoot the rope to stop him from dying I'm thinking that was something that she that that it was an impulse that was one of those deals like time. It wasn't Jonas's time here to die. And that's the only possible thing that could have prevented his death is Elizabeth. There's nothing else that could have prevented his death. Because like when she kicked the, the board out from under him, his neck should have broken. But it didn't. He just hung there like the other guys did, suffering. Mm-hmm. So she's the only thing that could have stopped it. And she did. So... My, I mean, not my theory, but that's just kind of what I was thinking was that was kind of like a choice that she didn't really make. Like she did it. But I think if you asked her why she did that, she probably wouldn't be able to answer. Maybe somebody will ask her next episode. <laughs> I hope they do. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I also, yeah, I was also, though, still, I mainly, you know, of course, you're like, why would she stop this from happening? Um, but also, yeah, the girl from the future was just acting like this was really hard for her to watch what she was doing to Jonas. Unless yeah. it's always been hard for her, but she's hidden it well or something. Or they just, perhaps in the last episode, it's always been hard for her, but they 
they're finally showing us that so we can see this girl isn't a monster, you know, just like a. I don't know. When yeah. we first meet her, she butts Jonas to the head for no reason whatsoever. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. So then in 1987, Egon is on the phone asking about the man they arrested in 1953, meaning Ulrich. So even though he seemed, even though he could have th thought Helge was just batty, this is enough. He it was enough for Egon to check on this situation. You know, he's he's like Helge mentioned the guy with the stone. Uh, is that guy still around? So Egon's still mm -hmm. doing his due diligence here. Mm -hmm. He discovers that Ulrich is still alive and being held at a psychiatric hospital nearby. He goes to visit Ulrich. The attending nurse tells Egon that they call him the inspector, which is great. <laughs> I and think that he's, yeah, I, go ahead. I think it's doubly great because, you know, he's a police officer. Mm -hmm. But I think this is a nod to Falco because the inspector in um, German is Der Kommissar. And that's like Falco's biggest hit that he had was Der Kommissar. So I think it was the the, um, the showrunners being, being fans again. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, this, I wanted to go ahead and drop, drop, the, drop a nugget um, that okay. the, um, the attending nurse is Helene Albers. Um, Helene Albers, the wife of the farmer from the beginning with the oh. sheep that were killed. Katerina's and the parents. mother of Katerina, yes. Whoa. <laughs> this is Katerina's mom? Katerina's mom. Wow. Okay. <laughs> Which may explain why she... It's Katerina's crosses. mom and there's Katerina's husband, the inspector in there. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Kateria's mom, um, the viewer, uh, podcast listeners can't see this, but I'm crossing my arms here in front of, because that's what Helene Albers does. And yeah, we know that um, in a year ago or whatever, less than a year ago, um, Katerina was taken in to be questioned about this rape, right? So the mom has maybe heard about Egon. So that's what, I, that's what I'm saying. He says, I'm Chief Inspector Egon Tiedemann. And um, <laughs> she doesn't like say, well, that, well, sir, hell, hello. You're um, right. She's wow. suspicious of him. Yeah. I noticed that too, but I thought it was because he didn't have an appointment. I thought that's why. Yeah. He, yeah. Cause he said, didn't they tell you that yeah, he lied. I'm coming? Yeah. He lied. <laughs> yeah, I don't think he's chief inspector anymore. He's retired, right? Right. So he just lied to her to try to get in and talk to Elric. Yeah. I thought that's why she was crossing her arms. Like, I, I know you're lying, but that makes a lot more sense what you're saying. Yeah. It's crazy. Well, I mean, they, I think it's, it could be both things. She she beats Katerina, right? Somebody beats Katerina. <laughs> Somebody beats Katerina at home. So it's like, but yeah, it's just... It's I there's love that. somebody so much happening. Okay, so Helene Albers here works at the psychiatric hospital. She she goes on and on about how nice Ulrich is or the inspector. <laughs> um, she can't believe anybody is here to talk to him at all. Um, Egon wants to know if Ulrich ever gets day passes. Right. Well, yeah, that <laughs> you know, would that mean would, that he's yeah. doing doing murders. 
Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, she she says absolutely not. You know, he's here under whatever level surveillance. Two. <laughs> he's um, on level two. Yeah. Egon then meets older Ulrich, who, wow, they really worked hard to find this guy who looks so much like Wait, that's not the Ulrich. Wait, that's not the same guy? It is not the same guy. I thought it was the same guy, like, in makeup. Mm-mm, Are no. you sure? Can I? Yes. You've already checked that. Yes. Oh, my God. I, <laughs> I swear I thought it was the same Whoa. Okay. Yeah. I'm, I'm doubly blown away by this scene now. I didn't know either of those things. I just assumed they did a good makeup job on them. They, they rocked mm-hmm. it. And I mean, he's they creepy. We, <laughs> yeah. We haven't seen the, um, we haven't seen the old Ulrich since he got left, you know, rotted in prison. He got beat up by, um, right. Mr. Conwald, Inez's dad, Daniel, Daniel Conwald. And, um, Egon just sat there and watched it happen. He's been rotting in prison for Since 33 then. years. And yeah. here's here's this older Ulrich played by a completely new actor that looks so much like um, <sighs> middle-aged Ulrich. It yeah. fooled me. <laughs> okay, so he has this long gray hair and he asks Ulrich if he remembers him. Ulrich laughs and says, how could I forget you? You know, of course, <laughs> yes. friend, I'm never going to forget you. He is he is clear. He does not act like a madman here at all. He is clear eyed, well, stares right into Egon. I would say the only madman thing he does is like lean in and smell him. That was very Hannibal <laughs> <Yes>. Lecter. <laughs> Other than that, you know, he was very coherent. Yeah. <laughs> him quotes the lyrics from Creator's Pleasures Kill, right. of course. And um, Egon says Hey, I I've heard that before. <laughs> um, yeah, little mind blower. Of course you have. Or Egon said it to Oric when he was a teenager in 1986. Oric said it to Egon in 1953 as a joke, and here again, when when Egon hears the lyrics, he thinks it means Oric is a mass murderer. And. Um, you yep. know, Oreg won't tell Egon anything and tells him he knows when I know when you die. Yeah. <laughs> this is another crazy thing to contemplate because across town, teenage Ulrich is just hanging out in the Nielsen house. That's right. And then like in the other time, like he's been sitting here forever. And yeah, he he's transcended time because I was thinking to myself, how, how does he know when Egon dies? Is he a... What? And I was like, oh, it's because adult Egon, not adult Egon, adult Ulrich, you know, obviously remembered that and read it in the papers and makes perfect sense. But this whole scene is a mind blower. I'm still blown away that it's a different guy. It it looks like the same guy. So I can't Mm. get past that. I think we have to end the podcast now because I can't figure, (laughs) I can't, I can't go on. Um, now, Inez greets Mikkel at the door. She's been worried about him and knows he didn't go to school. <clears throat> Inez decides to cheer him up by making Toast Hawaii as a snack. <laughs> uh, before that happens, Mikkel wants to know if Inez believes in God. She says yes, and that God brought them together. 
And this toast Hawaii, Steve, I need to make this, but it's a real recipe <laughs> that was popular in the 1950s from this German cooking show by this celebrity chef named Clemens Wilmanrod. <laughs> it's just, it's basically a toast with ham, cheese, pineapple, and a cherry on top. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> Honestly, it's like pineapple pizza, except it's pineapple sandwich. Of course, he gives her a big hug at the end. But even before that, like when he comes in the door and before she goes to hug him, you can see that he gets like a little a smile on his face, too. Like like he's glad that he was missed. A big thing I noticed that was that she was sitting at the table, you know, when she hears the door smoking cigarettes, just like Hannah sits there mm. and, and smokes cigarettes as well. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I looked up what kind of cigarettes is the most popular brand in Germany. It's Marlboro. So Germans like to smoke their Marlboro <laughs> cigarettes. Do you know yes. where Marlboros are manufactured? Right here in Richmond, Virginia. Okay. So a little piece of Richmond, Virginia is down there in Germany <laughs> getting smoked by um, <laughs> Hannah and Inez. I think that's cute. All right. Well, everything's connected. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> oh, she mentions so in- Elvis again. She says that Elvis likes this meal. And then we heard Elvis's suspicious minds earlier in the episode, too. <laughs> oh, my. Double oh, my. Elvis. This is this is almost too much. <laughs> yep. Have you made this toast Hawaii before, uh, Steve? Oh, heck no. Well, I don't eat meat, so I wouldn't put the ham in there. Mm, I've never heard of this before. Yeah. No. Yeah. How about you? I mean, I've heard about it on Dark, (laughs) but it's like I do every time this comes on. I'm like, man, I need to make this, uh, need to make this recipe. But yeah, you could meatless meatless it up. I mean, cheese, Mm -hmm. pineapple, cherry. It's like, yeah, um, it kind of reminds me, I guess, knowing that this was, you know, this was popular in the 1950s. And it reminds me it reminds me of how they were like, oh, now we have all this authentic foreign food, and like especially in California, <laughs> you'd have Chinese restaurants, Mexican restaurants. Right. Um, so it was like, oh, national. Okay. So now we're in 2053, and Jonas is in this prison in pain from this gunshot wound. Elizabeth's assistant enters and points her rifle at Jonas, demanding answers. Mm -hmm. She wants to know why Elizabeth didn't kill him. Hey, she wants to know the same thing I want to (laughs) know. Who are you? Finally, she relents, but wants Jonas to show her the God particle. Yes. She's got to see it for herself. And this is where um, Stranger Jonas got that cool flashlight from, because they're all using those cool round flashlights is what Elizabeth and her crew are using. So this is where Hmm. Jonas picked up his. See, I thought Jonas had one and he was the globe light and that he was kind of like that the, it looked like the girl from the future to me was amazed by his globe light. She had one in her hand too. They both had one. Okay. All right. So during this interlude, there's, we had our musical interlude of thunder by RYX. So Jonas leads the girl from the future to the God particle. I guess she hasn't seen it yet. Um, she yeah, just trusted weird. Elizabeth. Yeah. Ulrich and Egon both contemplate things at their respective rooms. Peter right. <laughs> finds Charlotte at home and hugs her. 
And the big one, Stranger Jonas shows Hannah mm-hmm. young Mickle, and she finally sees this heartbreaking, heartbreaking truth and can't deny it. She sees Mickle, the boy she greeted at the hospital, is actually her husband, Michael Conwald. Yeah, that's... See, I didn't look at this as deeply as you did. See, I was looking at this like... Jonas is showing me the truth. You know, this has been the truth all along. You know, it's real. This is my son, Jonas. And, you know, that's the house. There's Michael. There's there's Inez. But your next sentence, um, I underlined it because I didn't even think about this part, is you said that she feels devastated by this revelation and she must now have a better understanding of his loneliness and inability to connect with her emotionally. Mm-hmm. Well done, Lindsay, because I did not <laughs> notice that, and it makes a lot of sense. So I thought yeah. that was great. I'm surprised you didn't um, you didn't uh, finish with that. Well, I think I was going to give you a chance to respond, and then I was going to drop the bomb on everybody, <laughs> make everybody cry. Yep. <laughs> um, Hannah is crying. I mean, she's mm-hmm. like really sad and kind of. Um, it's not. It's not done logically. This is an emotional gut punch for yeah. her. Um, We did see her earlier in this episode. Um, You know, she's at the school and, you know, kind of going, hmm, um, who's that boy? You know, I remember him from the hospital, you know, Mm -hmm. so we we did see her kind of seeing young Mickle. But um, she didn't, you know, she knew that her husband was not doing well and that he was sad and kind of standoffish a lot. Um, but I just, I just feel like for her now, she feels kind of bad maybe that she Mm -hmm. didn't understand him. Although again, he didn't try to communicate with her, but yeah. Well, yeah, it must be like, yeah, a huge revelation and it's a, it's a huge punch for her right now. This scene is great. And Mm -hmm. And like when I went back and read your recap and I read that last sentence there that I read before, I mean, it makes it even more great. Um, a lot of love, a yeah. lot of love. I'm going <laughs> to, I'm going to let you continue. Yeah. All I can do is reiterate what we already have. It's, it's, it's beautiful. So outside the Tiedemann house, Claudia follows the map she was given right. by older Claudia and begins to dig at this marked spot that has been given to her. And while we're, watching Claudia dig and find the time machine, which she showed her, we see older Claudia burying the time machine yeah. in the 1950s before the power plant was created. Um, I think there's that sign, you know, about mm-hmm. the about the future and all that. So there's this parallelism of seeing the, seeing the future and then seeing what led to the future right. in tandem. And so I guess this is a way that Claudia is able to verify that what she was saying to herself is true. Right. And she gave her that really that map, that grid map was pretty good. And it had a bunch of instructions, too. So Mm -hmm. I'm sure like, you know, she thought through this really well to to, you know, set up this whole arrangement I love the fact that 1987 Claudia just brings out like one of her house lamps 
And like she, and she's using that for lighting. Like she doesn't have a flashlight or anything. She's like a lamp from her living room out there. And the dog again is mm-hmm. just sitting there so patiently watching her being the best little doggy. Um, this, this, yeah, if you guys, I mean, yes, I want you to go to my recaps, but definitely go to this recap because I have a picture of this scene. It almost looks like a piece of art, Steve. I feel like this could be in a museum, this picture <laughs> of Claudia with Gretchen the dog under the lamp. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Is, did the extension cord really go this far? Um, <laughs> and and digging a hole, that is no joke. I mean, Claudia must be beef. She must be a beef, you know, super strong here. I mean, she can repel up and down ropes. We knew that already. And that takes a lot of upper body strength. So, yeah, she's got it. Girl boss. Yeah. <laughs> but she does it. Uh, I mean, she clicks upon that that time machine and it makes me wonder... Is this the third time machine or is are we still going off the same two? Because yeah, remember there was <laughs> I mean, this is where I I mean I'm like, I cannot follow all these machines. Um Well, we never saw it go yeah. into Claudia's hands. There's something there's obviously some scenes we missed. Like as far as we knew, there was one in Tannehouse's um store and there's the one that Jonas was carrying around. And then now we see one that Noah's carrying around. And now we see this other one that Claudia's carrying around. Mm-hmm. So they're just multiplying out there. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so in the final scene, Jonas gets the generator working and the girl from the future watches. The God particle stabilizes and he walks through. Yeah, it's like his his uh, his shot leg is. We see him limp a little bit, but the magic of TV made his leg feel a lot better. But yeah, I love the way he like sticks his arm through first, and it like does all that weird stuff. And yeah, he pops on through there, and he has a lot of faith that he's gonna come <laughs> out in one piece. And as soon as he steps through, it goes immediately back to the unstable um, state again. So I thought mm-hmm. that was kind of interesting. I didn't know if that was because he went through or it's because like he ran out of gas again because he didn't have I told you gas. it wasn't very much gas, Steve. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> it, it had just enough juice for one, uh, one object to go through. <laughs> I did like earlier in the scene, like I'm going to go back to the very beginning. I, I enjoyed how they told us how this thing worked. And it was basically like, we don't know how it works. We just know that in its unstable condition, it just keeps doing this thing and it will continue doing that. And if you stabilize it, then it'll do something else. But I, I like when I first watched this episode, the first time through, I, it went over my head and I was like, I, I, I have no idea what they're talking about. So watching it like, you know, the third time through, for me, it takes that long to for things to click, Lindsay. And (laughs) Mm -hmm. that's when I, you know, I realized they did a pretty good job of explaining all that. And yeah, they end this one the same way they end the first one. Like both episodes end with the God particle floating, being unstable. And yeah, that's the end of our episode, Lindsay. We're going to summarize our favorites and our least favorites now. Would you like me to go first this time? Because I made you go first last time. 
Yeah, sure. Why don't you go first? I'm still trying to decide who my least favorite character is. Yeah, it's hard because like nobody really stood out and did anything 100% despicable this time around. Like mm-hmm. it's clearly, you know, other people in some, I don't know. But I wanted to go first too because I just wanted to prove that I'm not just copying you. Because last episode, okay. like we had the exact same like and dislike. And I wonder if any listeners are like, he just copied what she said. <laughs> so it's not the case this time. My favorite this time, I had a, I think it's um, pretty clear. It's, I mean, for me, it's clear. It's Jonas. Because he, he does the most stuff in this episode. And he has that cool scene where he steals the gas. Love that. But the main thing I love is that, you know, the kindness that he's showing his mom and that, you know, taking her through to time and just the way he's interacting with her. Um, I'm, I'm loving Jonas, young Jonas and old Jonas this episode. I like, I'm enjoying this young Jonas better in season two so far. Um, so mm-hmm. yeah, Jonas is my guy this episode. Okay, interesting. That's not who I thought. I thought it was going to be Claudia for some reason. Maybe because um, it's your favorite, huh? No, it's oh. not. Because <laughs> um, Claudia is pretty cool, but she's from here on out, she starts to annoy me. Um, okay. My my best character for this episode is going to go to the girl from the future. Now, oh, I'm sad that I, that I, you know, I can't, you know, I don't. Um, I know who she is, but yes, for now, we just have to call her the girl for the future. I don't know who um, she is. It's so unfair. <laughs> I like her journey in this episode. I feel like, you know, we saw her at first. She gets the gun butt. To the, she gives Jonas the gun butt to the head. She just kind of seems like this fierce um, general's second in command mm-hmm. um, who doesn't question things but we see that no she does question things a lot mm-hmm. she feels bad for young Jonas she feels moved by his plight and she go uh, goes against orders and decides to help Jonas and is sort of going through this um, I don't know this moment of dissonance where she's like mm-hmm. hey everything I believed and have been giving myself towards is now you know, perhaps it, I'm, I'm throwing doubt is being thrown upon what I believed. And so now it's now I'm acting in a completely different way. So I thought her she just surprised me. Her you know, The decision she makes, you're not expecting to see that from her. Yeah. OK, cool choice. All right. I wish we knew her name. But I guess if we knew her name, we'd know who she is. And that would spoil things for. Yeah. OK. All right. Um. <laughs> Well, she is a, um, looks like she's a, a buddy pal of my least favorite of this episode. So for my least, I was thinking, you know, Charlotte was acting weird. Clausen sucks. But really, you know, it's Elizabeth, my favorite from last time. I still love her. And I love that one shot we get of her, of like her, her neck up. We get like a nice shot of her face and I'm just so drawn to her. But man, she she shot Jonas in the leg and she's all hung up on this. This nobody can go in this zone. And I'm going to kill you if you do. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know. Ease up, Elizabeth. I don't know. I don't like your iron claw you have over these people. And I don't like you shooting Jonas in the leg. I said Jonas was my favorite character. So if you're going to shoot him in the leg, you're going to be my least favorite character automatically. 
So yeah. it's Elizabeth. Uh, at least you're being consistent, Steve. You're, <laughs> you're, you've, you've already thrown down the gauntlet. That anytime anybody tries to kill somebody, you're, they're probably going to get your least favorite. So I like, I like your consistency, your devotion to seeing that through. So I respect that, Steve. Thank I you. really do. <laughs> um. I don't know. I feel like I really want to give my least favorite to Clausen because he is <laughs> so annoying. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he's just not important enough to even even take right. up that space. <laughs> exactly. Um, <laughs> so I'm going to give it to Egon just because, mm. you know, even though he is trying to... You know, he's continuing this journey to try to complete this case. You know, I just feel like he hasn't grown any. He's, he just hasn't <laughs> grown. You're, I'm kind of thinking he has. I'm like, okay, he's now going to see Ulrich. And, you know, he's he's going to try to make this right. And he's going to hang out with our buddy Ulrich. And they can talk about death metal together. But then <laughs> um, instead he just... He's so short-sighted. He really is. He's just like, you must be a murderer. And that's yep. the, the <laughs> So, Egon, Egon, I think your heart is in the right place, but you're just kind of dumb. That's, you can't argue with that point. <laughs> so, you're right. <laughs> that's a surprise, too, though. You got a, you got a couple of shockers in there. Mm-hmm. Like the betting world right now is upset that, you know, of your choices. Cause <laughs> I don't know. Do you think people are like spending money on this, Steve? Are they gambling, yes. like trying to guess? <laughs> In my mind. Yes. That would be amazing. The world's at bay. South Africa is all listening. <laughs> <laughs> this episode overall, I don't, what's our overall perceptions of this? Hmm. Um, I'm just kind of looking at it as a piece. I mean, I've always looked at like each episode as like just like a piece of the puzzle, like a part of the movie. Mm-hmm. And yeah, this one, I guess not a lot of dynamic things happen, but I kind of like episodes like that where you have like character moments. That's that's my like favorite thing. Um, so this personally was a great one for me. I loved it. I love the fact that I can like you know, once we get off the, get off the computer here, I can go watch episode three because I'm, <laughs> I'm very excited. I don't know what I'm going to do when we finish season two and then I start doing Wheel of Time. Mm. I don't know if I'm going to be able to like withstand like <laughs> the temptation to watch season three and to start getting in the dark. It's going to be really tough. You're going to have to put it aside, put it in a locked box. <sighs> A metal box with a bag and a gun in it that you store in your drawer. I like um, Inez's box better because it had the tree of life on it. So that's what that's the box I'm going to use. Okay, okay. Um, I thought this was a. I thought this was like there was some filler in this episode, but you also have we end on a pretty good cliffhanger, being like, "What's going to happen to Jonas now? He's gone through the God particle." So that's pretty strong, as well as. Um, Claudia like digging up mm-hmm. this time machine that has been buried so you're kind of like man what's she going to do next now you know what's going to be her next step in the story but um, but yeah the, 
those were the two main things that kind of made it exciting. I guess mainly with with Jonas now, you know, going into this unknown, we're like, what's going to happen? Where's he going to end up? This was the most time travel heavy episode because we saw three cases of time traveling um, going on. And we, I don't know. I, I think this, and then you got that whole Jonas scene when he's like, um, when he does the thing with the music and he steals the gas. I mean, mm-hmm. That scene's a banger. I mean, <laughs> you, you can't, I don't, I don't know. I'm just, um, I'm hyping myself up even more. I, it's hard for me to criticize because I'm just so enamored. So the only <laughs> thing I could find to criticize, I think I criticized something earlier this episode. I can't remember what it was, but I did, I did my one critique and, and I'm done. I'm just going to end it with love because, yeah, if, if it wasn't for that Jonas episode, I mean, the Jonas segment, um, it may not have been as action packed. I think this was a good episode to throw that in there. Next week, season Next episode week. three. I think it's called. Oh, I saw the title and I liked it, but I can't remember what it was. Can you tell us real quick what the title of episode three is going to be? Because you know, I can, I'm helpless. I can tell here. you as quickly as I can. <laughs> <laughs> um, so the next episode is going to be called Ghosts. Yes, that's what I was. Yes, I was excited about that. Um, just that title makes me think that I hope they see some ghosts. Like, I don't know. We just watched a ghost movie last night, Hereditary. It scared mm. me really bad. I was really mad at Heather and Charlotte for making me watch that because it was really creepy. <laughs> oh man, you're going on such an Ari Aster tour right now. I guess I guess so. Heather's leading me that way. But yeah, I was mad. I didn't like it. I didn't like Hereditary because it was too creepy and spooky. I didn't want to go outside at night because I was too scared. So I hope this ghost episode next week <laughs> is mm-hmm. not going to be too scary for me. There's going to be <laughs> Jonas's ghost is going to show up and scare us. But we're going to wrap up, Lindsay. Um, do you have any uh, plugs this week or any movies you've been into? Well, the um, the Indiana Jones review is up and running. I also will, for the new one, the new Indiana Jones, which is Wild Destiny. So that is now available on oneofmystories.com. I also am going to be, if you're into um speculative films science fiction horror fantasy i'm going to be covering fantasia fest again this year and one of my first articles needs to be a curtain raiser so i'll be doing a preview of five movies i'm excited about seeing at fantasia fest coming up so this is a canadian film festival that's all about the weird films and it's always a really good time it's actually the first film festival i ever covered so it's got kind of a special place in my heart so um, if you're into those kinds of movies fantasia fest is the canadian version of just um there's another fear i think there's another one called like there's an american festival so fantasia festival though is a good um canadian film festival that features international horror, science fiction, and fantasy movies. Awesome. That's great. I didn't know about that, so I'm learning with everybody else. Mm-hmm. What about you, Steve? What do you got going on? I've been on a podcast tour. I've been on a bunch of different podcasts. Um, I would like you to check out oneofmystories.com because I think that we're going to be doing a podcast with our boy Nate in the coming upcoming future. 
Um, I want to, of course, plug Pyre Fire. They don't have a podcast that I can plug, but they're a great band. And um, I'm glad they reached out to me and I'm glad they're returning the favor and listening to Sweet Child of Time and plugging us. Um, I was on the Dead Jesters production podcast. And I think by the time you hear this, that will be released. And I was also on a zombie podcast called We Live. And it's spelled, um, you know, We Live with an exclamation point at the end. If you just type in We Live, you won't find it. You got to put that exclamation point. Then you'll find it. <laughs> it's a podcast. And I was, I believe that I'll be on this upcoming Friday's episode. Friday, like July 6th or something. Um, so, yeah. Just other podcasts is what I'm doing right now. Um, and we plugged our stuff. We're going to get out of here for the night. It's late. <laughs> so everybody, I hope y'all find some water and shade. I needed some today. I was on the water. There was not a lot of shade. So I really needed some. Lindsay, I hope you always find some water and shade. Steve, I hope you find water and shade and a nice piece of Toast Hawaii to keep your stomach full. <laughs> Thank you very much, Lindsay. You too. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye.